Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to Screen Heroes on the Heroes Podcast Network. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Screen Heroes. This is episode 202. We, of course, are part of the Heroes Podcast Network. I am Derek, one of your regular hosts. I have with me my two lovely co-hosts, Ryan. Hello. And Ray. Hi, guys. Hi, hi. Um, This week, we are continuing our segment, Bad Movie Reviews, uh, with the film Surf Ninjas, which apparently is controversial to say it is a bad movie because that sparked some interesting conversation about the, the 1993 masterpiece. Um, but we will be talking about that a bit later in the show. Of course, we start things off with our news segment, talking entertainment news going around. And we have a lot of stuff actually to talk about. It was kind of a busy week this week as far as entertainment news is concerned. Um, first things first. Let's start with a weird one that I can't speak to a ton because I didn't watch what it's based off of. But Nicolas Cage is apparently going to be leading a Tiger King adaptation. Um, Guys, thoughts? Good idea? Bad idea? I know so little about Tiger King. I missed that that whole thing. I mean, it's basically the state of Florida. That's it. As a person, yeah, it's it's a documentary on the state of Florida. Okay. Everybody in there is a terrible person, and yeah, that's it. I didn't watch it either, so I don't really have an opinion other than the fact that Nicolas Cage is amazing in everything he does. So I'm sure it's going to be a classic. Okay. Well, so he is slated to play Joe Exotic, who's like that lead dude with the blonde hair and the handlebar mustache um it's a tv mini series that'll end up on cbs in some form so you can stay tuned for more information on that if that is something that you're interested in i don't know uh but yes right <laughs> oh i don't know i i understand that a lot of people watch the show to see what kind of a train wreck it was and I understand, like, I get that. I understand why they wanted to watch it, but it just seems so weird to me to validate these people. Like, they already got paychecks for the documentary, and now, even while some of them are in jail, they're going to get 
larger paychecks for their likeness being used. Like we're rewarding these terrible people. So I just feel a little conflicted about this. Nicholas Cage is amazing. I love him, but, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> fair enough. Fair that's enough. All. That's, that's, that's all. I understand. Um, okay. So moving on from that, Sony has decided to finally provide a label for its Spider-Verse characters. And I say Spider-Verse because that's not the name that they picked, uh, which I assume has to probably do with some kind of copyright trademark issue that they don't fully own. Um, so Sony has decided to call it, quote, I want to make sure I, I get this right, the Spider-Man universe of characters. Really rolls off the tongue. The S-U-C, as it were. Which is <laughs> just... just Awful. The suck. <laughs> the suck. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. That is awful. Um, so that would include all of the Spider-Man stuff, all three incarnations of Spider-Man, uh, Venom, the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse cartoon film, animated film, excuse me. Um, and I assume anything else that they do that involves Gwen Stacy or Spider-Woman or whoever. Um Guys, reactions on the suck. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> it's a bad name, but I'm looking forward to more of their stuff. If Sony can make more movies like Into the Spider-Verse, then I'm all for it. But they should rethink that. Yeah, I mean, the hashtag's got to be terrible. Hashtag Spider-Suck. <laughs> Because right? I mean, like, look, the DC extended universe or expanded universe, whatever, you know, wasn't super great either, but at least you could narrow it down to the DCEU and that was an easy enough hashtag. And then they moved to the worlds of DC and, and nobody moved with them and nobody did that because it was, it was much clunkier, right? Mm -hmm. The Marvel cinematic universe is easy. It's the MCU, you know, Star Trek and Star Wars are easy because it's just those two. Um, this is very clunky. You know, at least call it the Spider-Man Cinematic Universe, the SCU or something like that. This just seems to be different for different sake. Yeah. You know, um, which is never, it's, it's rarely good. That really rarely works out well. So there you have it. The Spider-Man Universe of Characters. Awesome. It's, it's good stuff. Um, switching gears to DC, we've learned a little bit more about the Black Adam movie. And um, I thought, Ryan, this would be a good thing for you to talk about since you, you brought the story to our attention. Uh, some of the characters and groups that they want to include in the Black Adam solo film. Yeah, I think it's been around for a little while. The, the rumors have been about the Justice Society of America being a big part of the film, uh, being kind of the, I don't know if they're going to be the villains or if they're just what it's going to be. But um, yeah, there's been some casting rumors and things like that for who the descriptions of who they're casting and trying to match that with the justice uh, society characters, uh, Hawkman and hot girl are supposed to be a big part of it. Um, Dr. Fate is a big part of it, um, but they haven't real revealed too much beyond that. So it's hard to say who else is going to be a part of it. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. You say the, the JSA might be villains. I think like it's, it's a weird thing to think about, right? Cause this is another, villains you know solo flick um i don't know if they're gonna try and paint black adam as more of a anti-hero 
type character like they've they've turned harlequin into a very anti-hero character over the years um i I don't know i'm not i'm not really sure what to expect the jsa is a pretty unique group with some really standout characters and i'm concerned about introducing so many characters in a black adam film ray do you have any thoughts well my thing is um black adam isn't just like i don't know i don't know how you change him into an anti-hero in comics he's been you know a dictator who's committed genocide he's like dr doom basically right uh, like DC. he's a really bad dude and i'm not saying that harley hasn't done bad stuff we all know she has but I just feel like there's a little bit of a difference between them and it might be harder to sell one over the other. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you there. And I, I think Harley, because her character hasn't existed anywhere near as long is also easier to change course with um, because there just haven't, there haven't been decades of comic books written about her. Right. She, she was right. invented in the nineties. Um, and so you're allowed, you, it's easier to make that course correction. Cause a lot of our characters have changed from what they first started as, you know, Batman's come a long way, for example. Um, but I'm with you. I think it's weird. Um, what's personally frustrating for me is pro- probably the fact that Green Lantern will not be involved, even though there was a Green Lantern in the JSA, but it was a very different character. So I assume we will never see that character on the big screen. Um, and I think you guys agree with me on that. Um, it doesn't really bother me at all. I have no, no desire I meant, I meant, to see that character on screen. I meant agree that he won't be in the movie. Oh, Sorry. yes, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry. I'm fine with like nods to him or whatever, but yeah, they don't need to. But my, my big thing about it all is that they're really like, they're banking on the rock hard and he's not pulling people into the theaters like he was two or three years ago. It's you know, ever since Baywatch, it's kind of been, you know, he hasn't been anything crazy. And so there, the fact that Warner Brothers is putting all this, everything into this Black Adam movie, when they already have successful DC movies that he could come into as a supporting character is, is really frustrating and worrisome. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with, with most of that. He has been in some big stuff. I mean, Jumanji and its sequel have been incredibly successful. Uh, Hobbs and Shaw made a fortune as much as I don't want to see that movie. <laughs> um, it, it made a fortune and, and Rampage did well in the theaters uh, also. So, I mean, he's definitely still popular, but I agree with you. I don't know why you wouldn't introduce him with other characters that you've already established. Make him the villain in Shazam 2 when you already have shazam solidified it's a, it's a weird it's a weird choice there's other rumors saying that he's like trying to throw his weight around for when he appeal or appears in the shazam movie and that it needs to be superman and shazam versus black adam instead of just shazam versus black adam which would be great to see henry cavill come back i doubt they'd go that route but uh him trying to kind of flex his his metaphorical muscles in this case to get um two huge DC heroes up against his one DC villain is kind of like, come on, man, we, you got a big ego. We know we get it. Yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of stories about the sets of the Fur- fast and furious films, right? You know, he and Vin Diesel had a, a pretty big falling out and stopped talking to each other for a while. And that, then he got his spin off and that put the next fast film on, on hiatus, a delay. Um, so 
you know. Which angered Tyrese Gibson, and he threatened to quit if The Rock's in the next one. So, I mean, that's not great. I mean, look, you know, say what you want about Vin Diesel, but that is his franchise, you know. Uh, he he it was so important that the franchise was was floundering that he came back and brought things back on track so and not only that but i mean he bought part of the ip like he owns part of the fast and the furious ip he did the same thing with riddick so i mean with these with these ips that mean a lot to him he like he goes all in Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah the rock coming in and causing that kind of problem you know, I don't know. I hope he doesn't try and do that with DC. I don't think that's the right move for Warner Brothers to uh, let him kind of lead the way he wants to. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's strange because the DC EU doesn't really seem to have that that central actor that's kind of like the focal point, right? Like the MCU had Robert Downey Jr. He was kind of like the leader even in the real world. And yeah, he was the linchpin of the whole thing he helped you know other actors negotiate pay and things like that to try and keep things more balanced and the dc side doesn't have that you know um with ben affleck and henry cavill both gone the 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 veteran then is is gal but you know i don't know if she's really taken that type of center role either because she's only she's only been on screen with the other characters i mean hardly at all right so it's kind of a weird situation yeah, it is tough. Ray, any any thoughts before we move on? No, no, I've said my piece. I I appreciate all the good stuff The Rock has done, but I I truly think that he has a major ego. And when you get people like Ben Diesel and The Rock and Jason Statham all in one room, it's probably not a good thing. That's a lot of alpha males. Yeah, they all have similar contracts. They can't lose fights. They, um, oh, something about like they have to have a certain amount of screen time. Like that's a lot of diva stuff right there. Big time. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, um, we only have a couple more uh, pieces of news to to talk about. Let's talk about the exciting one, which is that Tika Watiti is right is uh directing and co-writing a star wars feature film before we move on did you just call him tika watiti taika watiti okay so i like you said tika like tiki torch yeah. um but yes it's very exciting i think all of us here i mean for me we rachel and i kind of talked about this earlier but like mm-hmm. the fact he has bumped into a, a, my personal and on rachel's personal like top directors he's probably in my top three maybe like he's he's awesome and everything he does is resonates with me so i'm really really excited for this movie and being star wars being a property that i very much care about um yeah i couldn't be more excited about that project even though we know literally nothing about it um i'm very excited yeah same here uh just to piggyback on that because he pretty much said all of my sentiments it's that uh, a Taika story is unexpected. It's hilarious, but also emotional in a really wonderful sense. So that man, like I used this example when we were chatting online, and if that man wanted to create a whole film about the aftermath of the Empire's fall just on the Ewoks' home, 
it would be silly, but it would also be very gut-wrenching at the same time. So even though that's a story I never thought I wanted, I would watch it because I believe he could do a really interesting job. Now, I know that's not it, but I'm just saying, like, he's going to pick something out there and random, and he's going to do an amazing job on it. What do you think, Derek? I agree with you guys. I mean, I've, I've loved everything of his that I've seen and I want to see the stuff that I haven't had an opportunity to see. I think it would be a nice refreshing change of pace to bring a brighter sense of levity to the star Wars universe. Um, They, they, they tried to make star Wars bright, right? A a new hope is fairly bright and uh, the Phantom Menace is fairly bright as far as overall tone. And it never really seems to stick. You immediately get darker and darker, uh, whether the whether or not you personally like the the, the films or not. Um, and so maybe bringing in some some better sense of humor and style and uh, just kind of a freshness, because Star Wars has just been very serious over the years. And um, even Clone Wars is wrapping up in an incredibly serious way. Uh, the Last Jedi was serious, obviously. The Rise of Skywalker was so you know, may, maybe he'll do something different and he'll, he'll go against uh, his pattern and, and do something serious, but I would like to see him bring his sense of, of joy to the star Wars universe. Do you have a specific story that you'd like to see him do either of you guys? You know, I, I don't, I don't think that I, I do. I think that he would definitely have strengths in in playing with a lot of non-human characters uh, mm-hmm. because you can do some off-the-wall stuff with that that's very unique um i also think that he would be really good at creating new weapons mm-hmm. like for a vast universe in the films we've only seen a couple different types of weapons so i feel like he would be really good at that not just like force ones but any of them mm-hmm I want to see him do the Revan story be because cool. he, he, like, if you've seen Jojo Rabbit, which I know you two haven't, so spoilers uh, or no spoilers for that, but um, it, the, there's very dark, very dark points in that movie. And, and a lot of the movie is also very light. Uh, and the whole point of Revan is that he's the first Jedi that could balance the light, the light side and the dark side and be the one that walked the middle path. And so you would get both those elements with him. And I think that that would be a really interesting story. As much as I don't know if I want to see another big Jedi story, that would be one that I think is different enough to be interesting. I would absolutely be up for that. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. No, Me too. No qualms there. Yeah. All right. Anything else on the Star Wars front that you guys would like to touch on? I think I'm I good. don't think so. Happy late Star Wars Day to everybody. Right. <laughs> Revenge of the Fifth. <laughs> that, that is what we're recording. Yep. Um, all right. Well, um, I think this is probably a good time to, to move on. Were there any other news topics that you guys really wanted to touch on this week? I don't think so. No, I'm good. Okay. Uh, the only thing I'm going to slide in there is that we are going to be reviewing next week the Demolition Man film because this week Sylvester Stallone announced that Demolition Man 2 is actually in the works and is moving along in, in, um, in pre-production stuff. So we're actually going to talk about Demolition Man next week. It's going to be my first time seeing the movie and 
all my life. I've seen previews. I've seen clips of it. You know, Wesley Snipes has the crazy bleached hair and they use seashells for toilet paper. And I was like, this is going to be a bad movie review, isn't it? And then 2020 happened and I'm like, oh, okay. So that's the future we're in. No toilet paper and Costco owns everything. All right. It's Taco Bell. Taco Bell wins the fast food wars. Yeah. Everything. Spoiler yeah. alert. <laughs> yep. That's the entire movie, man. That's it. That's the, uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. I love Demolition Man and it's been a while since I've watched it. So I'm looking forward to, to that. It, has, it came out in 1993 and it has the same year as the movie we're reviewing today. And yep. it also has a connection in Rob Schneider. So that's exciting. Yes, it totally does. Oh man, two Rob Schneider films back to back. Rachel is not happy about this at all. I can't, you guys. I don't even know. Has he even been in a movie that we've covered over these 201 episodes prior? Probably not. No. (laughs) And then we're going to do them back to back. That's hilarious. Oh man. Um, If only we could get him as a guest, as a follow up, so we could have a full trilogy. I mean, he's done other films. He's in Judge Dredd. We could do Judge Dredd after Demolition. No, thank Man. you. There's no, I have no interest in that. We can do Dredd and pretend he was in it. Ah, oh, all right. All right. Well, um, we are going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll be talking about the 1993 classic Surf Ninjas. Classic. Recently on the Heroes Podcast Network, Echo Station. Well, what's the main think... what's the main planet that Endor the forest moon of Endor? It's a moon, so it's there's a major planet, obviously. That it is the forest moon of Endor. Is Endor the actual planet then? See, th- isn't that confusing? <laughs> yes. Is it the forest moon of the planet Endor, or is it the forest moon called Endor? Kaiju Curry House. Because I'm just wondering, are Pokemon Kaiju? They are pocket monsters. They are pocket monsters, Paul. They're, pocket, they're monsters, yeah, aren't they? They're, they're um, just, they are yokai, officially. <laughs> yokai. Yeah, so, um... What's like... a yokai? Red shirts and runabouts. Something we've talked about before, and other people have, but there's, there's so much of real-life history involved with Star Trek. From Gene Roddenberry's days, his time in the military as, a, as on, on a bomber pilot, as a bomber crewman, you know, James Doohan serving... All these people and all these real life events that have impacted things, that's very realistic of political and military leaders kind of resigning in protest at a decision they can't control. Subscribe today at heroespodcast.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, Podcast Addict, and more. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. We are back to talk surf ninjas as part of our, of our bad movie reviews segment. We do these um, every so often when, when the schedules line up. Uh, more so we, when theaters are shut down. More so. <laughs> We've been doing a lot of them lately. Yes, uh, absolutely. And it doesn't hurt when the film in question is free to watch on YouTube legitimately. Uh, yeah. So um, if you uh, haven't seen Surf Ninjas or feel like checking it out, it is available on YouTube. Uh, before we dive in, I just want to thank a couple of people who dropped us reviews out on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts. So uh, there's just three people that I, I want to go through. One of you is from Great Britain, which is super cool. Uh, we can't always see when people review in the other Apple stores, because uh, each kind of region or country gets its own. So we don't get to really see all of them. So back in March, uh, Secret Honor left us a five-star review, which was really nice. Uh, so I just want to I'm just going to read it real quick because it makes me really happy. Um, they said, quote, I listen to a lot of movie-based podcasts, and this one is unusual. Instead of three guys, and yes, it's usually guys, cracking wise and attempting to be improv comics, SHP, which I assume stands for Screen Heroes Podcast, actually have conversations, intelligent conversations, and they treat each other even when riffing with respect, engagement, and intelligence. They sound like three people who actually like the movies, uh, who actually like the movies, smart conversation and each other told you it was unusual End quote. Sorry about butchering the, line, the end of that line there. Uh, wow. So th- thank you so very complimentary. much. Yeah. I really appreciate Jeez. that. But the truth is I actually don't even know Rachel or Derek. <laughs> We've never met and uh, you know, it just, just happened to work. Yeah. 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 That's um, fair. <laughs> we just Photoshop you green screen you into that's our right. base, basement all those years. Yeah. Um, the other two reviews are, are also uh, five-star reviews, so thank you to both of you. They're from the U.S. Uh, the first one here is Avenger ZS. Uh, they said, the hosts, uh, quote, the hosts are great, and they cover a wide range of movies. The conversations are thoughtful and fun at the same time. Definitely worth checking out. So thank you, Avenger ZS. And uh, the last one here is from Lad Morgan, or Lad D. Morgan. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to, if the two Ds go together or not. Um, Oh, the D's always go together. (laughs) Yeah, we call Um, that sword fighting. (laughs) Or docking. Or docking, yeah, depending on the context. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, They said, quote, I came across this podcast a little over a year ago and have been listening ever since. The the dynamic between the three hosts, Ray, Ryan, and Derek, really sell it as they cover an assortment of movies and topics that fans should enjoy. It's especially fun to listen when they have differing viewpoints on a particular topic and argue with one another (laughs) i've gone back and listened to all of them they're really entertaining if you love pop culture cinema you definitely want to give this one a spin end quote so thank you guys for for yeah those those were all very nice they really only paid for one of those (laughs) (laughs) uh we do truly appreciate it at the end of the day apple podcast is still the number one place that people listen to podcasts and having more positive reviews bumps us up in the ratings when people search for different things Mm -hmm. um so truly thank you and if this was any evidence if you leave us a review um as long as it's appropriate to read it doesn't actually have to be positive I, i want truthful reviews but as long as it's appropriate we will give you a shout out on the show and, and, and talk about it. So, but thank you guys, all three of you uh, for, for dropping those reviews. We really appreciate that. 
Um, if you leave us a review and you don't hear us talk about it within a couple of weeks, uh, let call us, us know. out. Yeah, because it just means we missed well, it. Well, call Derek out because Rachel <laughs> and I are just lackeys. Well, you, you can hit us up at Screen Heroes Pod on Twitter, or you can join our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Screen Heroes, and you can talk to us in there. You can catch the show live on Tuesday nights like we're doing right now. So thank you to all who are watching us live and chat about lots of fun movie stuff. Okay, guys, it's time to talk Surf Ninjas. I've, I've drawn things out enough here. Um, the 1993 film grossed $4.9 million domestically. And that's really all the financial information I have on this blockbuster classic. The budget seemed to be approximately $17. So that's a pretty good, <laughs> pretty good profit on that. Yeah, that's a nice return, man. Yeah, not too bad. <laughs> um, so I, I have to ask, um, Ryan, why, why did you want us to talk about Surf Ninjas? Well, I don't have a good answer for you. <laughs> Well, mostly because, well, I guess, I guess for me personally, this was a movie that I watched a lot with uh, my brothers growing up. And uh, we watched a lot of this era of kind of, I don't even know if I'd call it a martial arts movie. That's being very generous, but um, kind of like Americanized kid martial arts movies. It was this and uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies, Surf, or not Surf Ninjas. This is Search and Surf Ninjas. Uh, three Ninjas. Three Ninjas. Um, so it, it, there were several movies in that kind of genre in the, in the early 90s, and I watched a lot of them. And this is the one that was probably the weirdest. Three Ninjas was, it was fine, but it, this one was kind of out there. And I remember it being an odd movies and Leslie Nielsen being the villain. And it was, you know, enough to make me go, maybe I should rewatch that as an adult. Hey, I'm on a movie podcast. Why don't I subject my friends to this torture as well? And uh, that's, that's the story. Okay. Well, fair enough. Um, so when we posted that we were going to be covering this under our bad movies review segments, a few people came out in defense of the film, including a, a good buddy of mine who uh, is very much into film. He, he's an actor and loves this movie. And I got to pick his brain sometime about it. But I was really surprised because uh, I, I had never seen it. I had kind of forgotten it existed. Um, and usually when a movie is free on YouTube that's uh, not a great sign. Right. So Ray, what are your, let's forget spoilers, all that stuff. Let's just dive in. What are you, what's your initial overview feelings on surf ninjas? Oh, it's a movie. It was a full hour and a half film. It's very astute. Yep. Is that all you got for us? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> fantastic okay no for real i i think it's it's very possible that i would have loved this movie as a child and watching it as an adult with jaded old eyes just you know it was silly and a lot of stuff was very unbelievable and not even the magic part you know i could get behind magic but you know the cop letting a 16 year old and 11 year old just stay by themselves after a giant like murder fight at their restaurant he left a cop car there a murder fight (laughs) (laughs) um i do want to point out that on rotten tomatoes the movie is quite split uh critics gave it an 11 percent 
but f- audience members gave it a 68%, which is is pretty That's a decent. huge deficit. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I, of course, have some thoughts on the movie as well. There are some aspects to it that I can appreciate from, from a kid perspective, the idea of the kid heroes and them you know, becoming like warriors and all of that. I, I, I like that concept quite a bit. I, um, I found Leslie Nielsen to be completely wasted in this movie, personally. Is um, the character racist or not? I can't decide. Like, I mean, is, I, as, some, uh, as somebody who is, who is not an Asian person at all, he, he's wearing clothing. He's wearing armor at times he's wearing clothing but there's no well because there's there's no, there's no yellow face there's no like makeup work that's being done or anything like that and so i don't i don't know if it crosses that line other than he's wearing the clothing of the area that he's ruling that he's physically in i don't know if that's inappropriate yeah um i i, I know that it we've we've certainly seen much worse things that are very blatantly racist this one is confusing to me i'm not sure so if anybody out there has has thoughts on that particularly if if you're of of asian descent i would like your opinion on that um i I mean the concept of the character seemed fine ish right his face gets caved in in the beginning and his hand is injured and i actually thought that the the fake metal side of the face looked pretty decent i thought that was kind of a cool idea um but leslie nielsen is such a talented comedian that i just i just feel like he was really wasted ryan you're you're you look unhappy well i mean i'm only unhappy because i thought this was going to be like just horrible horrible and it really for me wasn't horrible it was like there's i mean it was not not good certainly but um (laughs) it was it had it had its moments of you know where I was like, where I felt kind of like a kid again. And I could see why I enjoyed this movie as a kid. Um, And yeah, Leslie Nielsen. I mean, I I don't know how that happened. (laughs) (laughs) Like who at the studio was like, you know, Leslie Nielsen, that's who we need for this villain. (laughs) I can only imagine it happened because like, he's very non-threatening and this is a kid's movie. Like if you reverse it and made uh, Ernie Reyes senior, the villain and made, you know, Leslie Nielsen, like a martial arts guy that saves the kids. Like if you reverse those roles, Ernie Reyes senior would have been much scarier as the villain. He was That's... scary as the hero. Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, That's I, an interesting I point. I actually I feel like, like it's, I, I think it's just for, you know, cause he's non-threatening really. He's I think that's a actually a f- fair point. I hadn't really considered it that way. Again, right? Like it's part of the problem of watching a, a, mo- a kid's movie, you know, for the first time when you're an adult, you kind of don't see it through the same lens. And I think that's a really good point. Cause he is like, right. Like you're introduced to him trying to rush to the phone to pick up his an- before the answering machine hangs up on the person. Right. Which is kind of a dated joke at this yes. point, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, but we know with that, I mean, that's, that's right. Uh, so like, like I get how, like as a kid that, that, that would have probably been funny um and the stuff with like you know his hand going crazy at the end and that kind of thing uh probably would have been funny as a kid um i think what what threw me off the most about this movie 
is the severe lack of surfing that occurs in the movie. Are so you kidding? Much, so the whole climax is a, a whole city making surfboards uh-huh. and surfing to where a place where the surfing is over. I and mean, I don't. That's fine, but like absolutely no ninja activity occurs on a surfboard in the film. That's true at all there are some underwater ninjas though there there are underwater ninjas who get knocked unconscious by a surfboard right but no ninja activity occurs by somebody on a surfboard something i want to bring up that i think is (laughs) underappreciated about this movie is how horrible the ninjas are at their job just in general they're (laughs) the worst the cops and the ninjas are worst were you guys okay so i was watching this with my girlfriend and she had never seen this before so uh, i figured i'd make her go through it also um when the ninjas first show up like in the beginning of the movie uh like out of the back of the like i don't even remember like a bus or something it was a garbage truck okay yeah and there's just like their kids are at school and ninjas just show up to kill them like what was your guys reaction to that you get no context at all nope ninjas just show up it's a little confusing right uh so like that's actually a li- that's actually after we see them the first time the first time they show up is in the morning at the house but the that's uncle right. yeah. the uncle takes care of them before yeah. the ki- before the kids see them um and they get in what i think is a is the volkswagen thingamajig or whatever no, it's just a thing yeah it's volkswagen a, thing. right which, which was stopped being made because that hood and the way the hinges worked on the hood if you got into a front-end collision with it then it would decapitate the people in the car important point i actually designed what i always really liked that vehicle i always it's thought a cool it was a car cool, yeah cool concept so that was fun to see um but yeah, so they go they go to the school and they, they have like a special assembly because they have this like spiritual leader who's coming in. And I love the like the idea, this is like such like a, a kid nightmare kind of concept, right? The idea that like you're gonna present in front of the entire school and this very important person and nobody has vetted your work at all. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, hey, you're gonna do this, right? You're good. Yeah, totally fine. Okay. Can we see it first? Maybe that might be nice. Like, nope. is there a dress rehearsal? <laughs> None. Just nothing. And, and then he pulls off a fantastic Beach Boys cover pun <laughs> that I was not expecting. Yeah, that and, was out of the blue. And they're mad at him for it. I'm like, no, give that kid an A. It's amazing. He slapped that together in five minutes, story wise. <laughs> he puts together like, this whole choreography for it and everything. It's like, come on, guys. Yeah. Is an A? I mean, it was better than what I thought was going to happen. I really thought he was going to come up there and just bumble his way through something and it was going to be just like embarrassingly terrible. Yeah, but that super was actually... cringeworthy. Right, okay. yeah. So yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to throw this out there. Maybe you guys will agree with me. Maybe you won't. I think that this movie would have been near unbearable if Ernie Reyes Jr. wasn't as charismatic and as really decent. He's, he's a pretty good actor. He was probably the best part of this movie. Him and the little kid, his little brother, were very, uh, they sold the lines as best they could. They were pretty yeah. great. Um, the little kid, I don't remember his name, but he had some of the greatest lines throughout the whole thing. I remember every time he opened his mouth, I was like, huh, he makes a good point. I was just <laughs> thinking that. Right, because it's kind of a sarcastic little shit. Yeah. And Rachel identifies with that. 
uh, also, the idea that he's a seer, but he sees through his uh, Nintendo. Yeah, his Game Gear is the coolest thing ever. Like, uh, why isn't that concept used in more fantasy sci-fi stuff? It was an interesting concept. And in the early 90s, like, that was really... Mm-hmm. A, I bought a Game Gear with my allowance because of this movie. I okay, believe so, you. So that's a, that's an interesting thing to bring up because I was a little surprised at how little like brand marketing was shown for the Game Gear. Like I know it's a Game Gear because I remember what they look like. Right, right? but they weren't in your face about it. Right, and so I just I wonder how many kids like went home or like I want that thing and nobody knew what it was actually called. There actually was a Surf Ninjas game for for Game Gear, and I had that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh man. That's yeah, cool. it was great. Um, I like that aspect to it, though. The, the gaming aspect I thought was really cool. It was really unique. I think it still holds up as a cool idea. Um, it's just, I was just surprised at like how little they focused on that it was a Sega Game Gear. Right. right? And that it was just this tool point. that he had. It could have been any, any, any game system. So, so that was a the, cool idea. The worst ninja in the whole movie, I'm pretty sure, happens during that school scene. When the kid's like at the front of the, the class doing like geography, bad geography, and this ninja like does 20 flips right outside the window, and no, somehow nobody notices this blue and black camoed ninja outside the window. Right. What ready. were they camouflaging start. against? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, I mean, the ocean, I guess. But like, I guess. He's sitting at the window, like preparing ninja stars for like 40 seconds. And then Zat shows up and kicks him in the head. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's like the problem of like a kid's movie versus something more realistic, right? Because realistically, these ninjas would have waited till nightfall, snuck into the kids' rooms while they were sleeping. And right? murdered And that would have been the end of it, right? And it would have right. been dark and, and sad. But it's a kid's movie, right? So these are basically like Nickelodeon villains. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right? These are the villains that you would have seen on like a Keenan and Kel episode. And that's just, that's what they have to be. And so... What's funny is though they're dressed, aren't they basically dressed like the army guys in the Street Fighter movie? Pretty much, yeah. It looks like like ninja face coverings, right? I thought that was kind of funny. I I wonder if it's like just the same prop department or something. Probably, or they have those costumes, right? That's how they got away with the seventeen dollar budget. They just stole a bunch of costumes and props from the archives. Um. But yeah, I mean, yeah. So the cop, uh, the cop thing is a little tone loke. Yeah, tone loke. Tone loke. Um, that whole concept is just was kind of unnecessary to the story, really, because he he follows the kids and he ends up on the boat and they knock him unconscious and then he's like just along for the ride and super into it. But he he's never... like, I needed a vacation anyway. Let me go to this island where they're having a revolution to overthrow a warlord and help out. But he never really contributes in any meaningful way or significant way. And the same could be said for Rob Schneider's character, but he's at least like the comic relief idiot. He's supposed to be, yeah. Right? Comic relief is a bit of a stretch for some of it, but yeah. That's fair. But Tone Loke is like the serious cop guy, and he doesn't like do anything of consequence once they're on the boat. It's true. Also, it's weird typecasting for Tone Loke that the only two movies that I know him from, he's playing a cop. And that's this one and Ace Ventura. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I forgot that was him and Ace Ventura. Yeah. Yeah. 
So the second worst ninja in this movie <laughs> is when they're at their, apparently their dad owns a sandwich shop or yes. something like that. Yeah. And also in the scene, I noticed when I was watching it, that one of the kids is putting ketchup into the ma- or into the mustard. Thing. Right. You know, like the, they are terrible I children. Yeah. I don't know if that was just like, they were like, yeah, this is what the kid would do. Or if they just genuinely didn't catch it. But, uh, <laughs> During that scene when all these ninjas just randomly break into the sandwich shop, which, as I'm describing this, it sounds ridiculous. In, like, the loudest um, way possible. Yeah, they're not, <laughs> the least ninja-like way. Rob Schneider is there, and a ninja starts going after him, and the ninja is just, like, punching the air around him until he, while he, like, puts on an apron, mm-hmm. and then just, like, spins around with a pan and hits him in the head. And, but the ninja is literally there, like, punching the air around him for a while. It is an uncomfortable amount of time. Yes. I don't. It was that's the second worst ninja movie. See, I put him at number one because really? I because I think the guy in the classroom, if the uncle doesn't show up, I think he shoots the kid with that dart thing. But oh I no, he had a throwing star. Throwing star. He's just really bad at being a ninja because the whole point of being a ninja is like stealth, and he's instead of being stealthy and like sneaking along the ledge, he's doing backflips and front flips and side flips and cartwheels all along the ledge before nobody noticed. I mean, that's true. <laughs> he rolled a deep, he rolled a nat 20. <laughs> oh God. Or, or everybody else rolled a nat one for perception. Yeah. It was yeah. not, not, that seems more likely to me than the nat 20, but yeah, it was, uh, they're both bad. It could easily be swapped. So I have a question about the uncle or not the uncle, excuse me, the dad, the dad, uh, yeah. Mac, Mac. Do you think the kids are parented so poorly and let to do whatever they, they want because Mac is a bad father or because he doesn't feel like he can really discipline these princes. I don't know. I never really took it as they can do whatever they want, but he's, he's doing the best he can. He, you know, in this, in this instance, he's a single dad with two very rebellious kids who owns his own restaurant on like, it's a burger and milkshake place on a beach. You got to, expect that place to be really busy and it doesn't look like he has any employees either so i feel like he's just a person who is stretched thin and he knows his kids are trying to dupe him all the time and he just picks his battles yeah and rob schneider is hanging around all the time like that alone is enough to stress you out all wearing his underwear yeah that was a weird weird scene it it, it was funnier as a kid but as an adult it's just like why dude why another thing that bothers me as an adult more in this movie than it did as a kid by a lot is there's a lot of straight up like murder no qualms about it they're killing people like zatch blowing up their house Mm -hmm. while like 40 ninjas in there he just I mean, murders those people. It's it starts with Leslie Nielsen screaming that he wants these two kids dead, and I'm like, oh, yeah, amidst my. the torture chamber where he's literally like torturing people on tables and like yeah. extremely dark. Like these are children. There's a yeah. lot of dark moments in here. I mean, later on in the in the climax fight, they're using dynamite, and then like there's a yeah, lot of- blowing people up. It's yeah, it and, and you have you know just guys with huge assault rifles and things like that. Like there's there's definitely some intense stuff in here for a kids movie. There's there's no doubt. Well, I definitely that. did not like think about any of that as a kid. So in the, a kid in the early '90s, it was fine. It's probably not great for kids nowadays, but yeah. Well, so so thinking about Rob Schneider for a bit, his character is kind of interesting because 
it's like at the time. Is it though? Well, because I, I think his character seem, is, is appears different now than he probably was intended to appear at the time. I think at the time he was just supposed to be the the funny idiot. But looking back on it with 2020, well, the year 2020 vision, looking back on a 1993 film, he's like that stereotype of the the white knight hero right he thinks because yeah that he he's the guy he's the prince he's the rich guy he's the expert warrior no matter what anybody says around him he's not willing to believe that he's not the central part of the story right, right. similar right. to jack burton yeah yeah That's interesting. the the thing is that jack burton he's he, lovable <laughs> i think it's the main is, difference he eventually lets it go too. Like he realizes he's not the hero eventually. Whereas this guy's denial runs throughout the entire movie, even at the climax, right before they sing again, doesn't matter. He still, he still maintains that he's the king. Mm -hmm. What did you guys think of the whole, like his what if power? Did you find any humor in that? I like the I actually like the idea quite a bit. I'm not saying it was executed really well, but I like the concept, right? Because it it kind of I see how a kid could think that that's a superpower. Yeah. Yeah. Did you buy him as a kid? No, he was 30 years old. He was not in the 11th grade. Did you look up how old Ernie Reyes Jr. was for this movie? No, I didn't. He was 21 for this movie. He's so short. Well, <laughs> like okay. Rob Schneider's taller than him, and Rob Schneider comes up to like my tits. So. <laughs> the, the, the thing my girlfriend said when when we started watching this movie was that uh, she could see herself having a crush on Ernie Reyes Jr. when she was in like in '93 when this came out. Okay, and yeah, I, I can I, see that. The more I watched this movie, it seems like they were marketing him as like a JTT type. Okay. You know, remember that? She'd be the big J- Jonathan Taylor Thomas back in yeah. the early 90s from Home Improvement. Every yeah. girl was like, had posters of him. Maybe not every girl, but a lot of girls. And was crushing on him. And I feel like this movie was trying to set him up in the same way. But it obviously didn't work. Yeah, um, I could see that. Despite how charismatic he was in this movie and, and just overall probably the highlight. Um, but yeah, it was. I the more, when I watched this movie with that in mind, I was like, yeah, they were really going for that. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. Yeah, that's a fair way to look at it. Um, so okay, so let's get to the island. So they they go to the island, right? The kids finally ag- agree to believe all of this stuff. Um, there's still very little evidence for them to go off of. So, but they are children, so whatever. Um, and you get you get to have the montage of them building all of the surfboards. I was kind of expecting it to be more of like a training montage, given that it was a 1993 film and that was kind of like a cliche mm-hmm. back then. So I was a little disappointed about how quick that went. Yeah, it was. A, it's kind of a weird scene to watch as an adult again, because like the kid, the seer kid sees surfboards pop up all around him because that's what he knows. And then he's like, are you guys woodworkers? <laughs> You know how much time it would take to make that many surfboards, even oh, for professional man. woodworkers with modern tools? It would take forever. And so, if they were, if they were, if we're supposed to believe that, they spent like forty days making these surfboards before they assaulted the island. Because there's no way it was so much. Yeah, but I mean, they are, they are the best woodworkers in the entire world. 
I don't even think the best woodworkers in the entire world with the best machinery in the entire world could do that in less than a week or two. Like we've seen some pretty crappy surfboards at, used as props too, but these were not them. Like these were no, those were cool looking, fine cut wood. Like to to uh, to cut the trees down, to shape them, to sand them, to waterproof them, to seal them. Like it, it would just be ridiculous. Also, in this scene, you get to see Rob Schneider in a wetsuit. What did you think of that, Rachel? I mean, you got to see full junk, basically. Right, you know. How did that make you feel in your loins? I'm super turned on just right now talking about it, especially with the orange hair, the naturally (laughs) orange hair. (laughs) There's a lot of moisture going on, I'm pretty sure, from both Derek and you. So I I have to say something. So Kelly Hu is a small part in this movie, but she's wonderful. And she's gone on to do a decent amount of work, too. She distracts some ninjas by bringing them into a field and then they're gone. Yeah. And she says, I will tell you on our wedding night (laughs) what I said to them. Mm -hmm. They're 16 16 years old and that's it. Derek paused the movie, turned to me and was like, what do you think she said? (laughs) Uh, we had a similar moment when we watched yeah. it. We were like, what? These are 16-year-old kids. Or no, right? they, he, he wasn't even 16. He was 15 because there 16 was like the day that he was supposed to become king or whatever. So, yeah, yeah it's like, that's a little weird. Like, I don't know if that was a joke for kids. Well, and, and he doesn't get to find out either because they don't end up married at the end. Yeah. Yeah, they're just he seemed dating. really disappointed about that. So also, like two minutes after that scene, she's like, "Um, can we just date? I don't want to get married." I'm like, "What happened in those two minutes?" <laughs> it was the worst two minutes of her life. Clearly, like don't get me wrong, I appreciate some of the messaging that happens towards the end of this film, but that doesn't seem like the time to to have that conversation. Right. You know, that's just maybe wait wait on that a little bit until after the battle yeah. right well you have to you have to give your 15 year old boyfriend a boner in the middle of this the fight to really get him juiced up mm. oh i, I gotta I say like those two kisses they shared were the least romantic the least sexual like they were gross kisses how were they so bad at kissing no it was because i'm i'm sure for ernie reyes jr he was probably like dude i'm like a legal age adult yeah you want me to like she was 15 year old she was 25 was she really yeah no way she was born in 68 i looked it up to be sure holy moly then never mind i have no idea that they are just both bad at kissing i'm sorry Rachel. i, take that back. <laughs> I just right. assumed that she was like 15 and he just was a 21 year old supposed to kiss a 15 year old and that makes sense I and that understand. should be awkward right I, I, a good yeah. person should feel weird about that uh but no they were both in their 20s so it doesn't matter no right. excuses <laughs> Like they could have easily dated in the real world without any issues. Wow. Um, uh, yeah, there's literally no excuse for that. Yeah, that was that was weird. That was awkward. Um, so 
you have the uh, the big climactic fight. They attack the big base with the the sticks of dynamite and everything. Where we see the third worst ninja. Which one is the third worst, Rachel? I want to hear it. The one that falls down the stairs three oh, times. Three times. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The best part was every time he would get back up, he would fall back down. I was like, oh, he's going to fall. They're going to use that wide shot again. And they keep doing the wide shot of him falling down the stairs. $17 budget. They had to make that use, you know? Oh, man. Well, what was funny about it was I think it was the same wide shot, but they would only show different parts of it. So it looked like different shots. Yeah. Yeah. That seems probably true. Which is, you know, that's, that's my analysis of the stair falling ninja. But but at the end, he just like throws himself down the stairs. Yeah. Because he gave up on life. I'm like, dude, you could walk, just turn around and walk down the stairs. He probably fucking killed himself after that. (laughs) Jesus. I mean, he, he looks like he's the lone survivor. Yeah, but not by the end of it, I guarantee you, <laughs> off screen. Uh, so what what starts to get really weird, though, uh, at the end of this movie is uh, Adam, the, the younger brother, the seer, uh, can all of a sudden, like, control the real world. And he's able to control uh, Leslie Nielsen, Colonel, whatever his name is, um, his hand, his robot hand. Yeah. And... Um, that that made for some kind of funny moments i thought that fight scene was a little weird because you would think that like um johnny could have just like totally taken him in those moments but like he stops to like i guess he doesn't know what's going on and adam didn't really tell him i don't know Um, well i thought it was a cool way because i mean obviously in that situation probably most kids would want to be the warrior because that's the mm -hmm. coolest one so it was a cool way to give the seer some like combat abilities to like he's helping and his brother might not have been able to do it without him that's kind of how I took it. And it was, I feel like that's a good way to, you know, kind of incorporate the kid that's maybe not as physically uh, adept. That's fair. I think it could have been a cool opportunity to like have him drop in items like weapons or like a barrel or something like that. You mean that, like the octopus? Um, the yeah, octopus that thing? was cool. Like where he had to pick his weapon and he pulled the octopus out and put it in the guy's head and he got 500 points, which yep. means nothing really because... <laughs> this is a game but it's also real life and well he had to use those points to pay for the octopus oh yeah 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 so he got points back to use for a future thing i think Mm, but he never cashed him in but never happens yeah so (laughs) um but then leslie nielsen's character i guess is electrocuted to death yeah in that that little pool which is kind of dark also extremely (laughs) but i mean the whole his whole character was formed because an elephant stepped on his head Mm -hmm. so i mean dark is pretty yeah it's pretty common in this movie i'm not sure how you uh, survive an elephant stepping on how does an elephant step on only half of your head the physics behind that are a little little iffy like the the elephant just like managed to just crush his orbit and go off to the like side just enough to where he has to have a full metal thing around his whole half of his head Maybe know. maybe there's a Surf Ninjas wiki out there. I hope so. <laughs> if somebody hasn't out. started that, you should. We'll spo- <laughs> we will sponsor it with our with our Patreon money. Great. No, we will. Great. <laughs> we'll start a new tier. We'll start a Surf Ninjas tier That's specifically right. for the wiki. No, we, we should won't. name all our tiers after the bad movies that we've actually enjoyed. Oh man! Uh, so of course the movie has you know, the the very typical you know heroes ending the the brothers save the day everybody's happy but then there's a twist the brothers give up the throne 
and say that the country should be democratic, which I thought was kind of a big statement for a children's movie to randomly make. Uh, not just that. Like he says, the government belongs to the people now, which yeah. is such a wonderful sentiment. But you really should have talked about this to somebody and right, set like up somebody's, a parliament. Or... You've just like ruined somebody's life, right? Who's devoted their life to this whole like, yeah. But but you're right, Derek. Like that, and honestly, that's something that's that I still remembered before I watched this movie. That at the end, he gives the power back to the people and it isn't king i remembered that through all my years of not having seen this movie so it really resonated with me and uh yeah it's pretty cool it's i mean i don't know and then they sing uh barbaranda uh to the barbaram of ishtam or whatever mm-hmm. it is yeah i have to say that any movie that doesn't know how to end so they just choose a random musical number gains points in my book all of a sudden it's a lot better than it was so this movie had positive points for you like in terms of on on a one to ten scale it was not a one i haven't ever completely hated everything about a film that we've watched like even a wrinkle in time and miss peregrines were pretty to look at so you know i i've been able to find positives and everything so this is, that's one of the positives. I love random musical numbers. If I'm not expecting it, then that's hilarious. Well, you got two in this movie. And I, I think the, the message at, at the end of the film is pretty solid, right? That the kids give up wealth and power to give it back to the people and the betrothed uh, man and woman are, are willing to just kind of date and see what happens and, you know, break tradition and and things like that so you've got you know kind of a a strong woman character who stands up for herself and a guy who's totally like okay that's cool let's let's just date and like everyone's good with it like it's very positive messaging which is kind of cool i mean i don't know that you see that much anymore well in 93 yeah i don't think there are a lot of kids movies featuring like really strong female characters and granted they were always very tropey if they did Yeah, and she wasn't like a big feature of a movie. She was only in, you know, a small part of it, but still was good to see. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. And first of all, I totally respect how they handled it. She's a child bride, and that right there is scary and frightening, and she's known her duty her whole life, but she respects her family and her people, so she's not subservient at all. She's just, she's accepted her lot in life, and I get the way she handled it and that she just went to the guy she's supposed to marry and be like, look, maybe one day, but not right now. Yeah, but let's and, do it on our terms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I truly appreciate how they handled that. She wasn't some weird rebel for no reason. She just advocated for herself. Yeah. So one thing we haven't really talked about is the uh, choreography and stunt work in this movie. Which was pretty, for it being a PG movie, it was pretty stellar having the Reyes uh, father and son behind it. They did the best they could with, you know, the budget they had, the um, other stunt people they had. So I, I appreciate it. I don't really think a lot stood out as like epic to me, not like some of their other work, but this definitely had the fight scenes were a high point. I mean, the two of them, they, 
the father son duo. I mean, they, they were fine. I think there's a problem when you pick somebody like Leslie Nielsen to be your main villain. Cause I mean, yeah, he can't really fight or do any yeah. choreography. I mean, I, he, that wasn't his thing when he was young and fit and you know um, so I, it's just kind of a weird situation. I, I felt that the, the fighting was the, the, the ninja aspects of surf ninjas was definitely lacking. I mm-hmm. kind of talked about that earlier. Like there's, there's no, no ninja surfing. It just doesn't happen. And uh, even the surfing itself is still fairly limited in the movie um, and nothing particularly like impressive is really done from a surfing perspective. Uh, so, you know, that, that part's a little bit of a bummer, but in 1993 CGI was not really much of an option and the budget was really tight. So, you know, today it would have been different. I think that, uh, that, yeah, like you said, Rachel, the, the, for a kid's movie in 93 and for mm-hmm. what I'm assuming was an incredibly small budget, um, the, the, the choreography was pretty decent. I mean, it wasn't mind blowing at all, but there were some cool scenes when they're in the, when they're in the dad's shop and uh, uh, Zatch uses the skateboard and uh, does some kind of improvised weaponry. I always like improvised weaponry and I mm-hmm. thought that was pretty neat. And uh, certainly the scene in the cave where Zatch and uh, um, Ernie Reyes Jr. I can't remember his character's Johnny. name. Johnny are fighting, um, you know, those two obviously trained together and right. you know, it was pretty obvious in that scene. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I thought th- what we got from them, I still think that the, the fight scene from like the last dragon is more memorable. Yes. Um, you know, so yeah, it wasn't anything insane, but um, yeah, I, I, I still think it was pretty solid for a kid's movie. And I'm disappointed that uh, we don't see as much of those two in Hollywood these days. I agree. I definitely Although, agree. Ernie Reyes Jr. was in the rundown. I don't know if you remember that movie with The Rock and uh, I never saw Sean William Scott. Yeah. I'm not a Sean William Scott fan, so I skipped that one. Mm, gotcha. Yeah. I yeah. was for a little while after uh, after American Pie, but then he started doing the same thing in every role, other than Evolution. Right. That's an outlier. Yeah. Evolution's yeah. a wonderful movie. Agreed. Uh, well, I guess anything else you guys want to do? Do you want to give it a letter grade? We usually don't do that on bad movie reviews. Yeah. So why start now? Right. Okay. Okay. Did you guys like Ernie? I feel like I, I don't know if I've really gotten from you guys. Did, did you do you like Ernie Reyes Jr.? Do you think he had the chops to really be like a lead man in the 90s? I, I don't he, know. Sorry. I think I think he could I could I think he could have I think that he's very charismatic I think he's a pretty good looking kid and obviously very talented as it as it goes to the the choreography and the fighting style stuff I think he would have been fine Um, maybe not like big blockbuster stuff but he easily could have like carried a show um, or done like more just kind of kid level movies and stuff for a while I I think he definitely should have been in more yeah it's surprising me that between this and Ninja Turtles he didn't get more work. I mean, I granted this wasn't, I mean, this movie didn't probably make that much money, but I mean, it, he was good at it. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's weird. Now, I don't know where his career really took him, what offers he made and, or had and uh, what he chose to personally do with those. But honestly, at the time, he seems like he really would have fit in with the Nickelodeon group. Like he could have hosted a few shows or been on one of their live action shows at the time. Like I would have watched the hell out of something he was in most likely. Agreed. Mm-hmm. I'm done. That's all I really wanted to cover. 
cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I just was looking up his, his IMDb real quick just to see. And I mean, he still does TV. You know, he was on a couple episodes of Superstore, an episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, yeah, my girlfriend did recognize him from Superstore, or said she saw something about him in Superstore, so. A few other things. Uh, he was, he was in, in Brooklyn Nine-Nine? He's in one episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It's, it's, he's credited as Bob number two. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, the negotiator where Doug Judy is uh, in the diamond store and he requests Jake to be his negotiator. Mm. And there are two guys and a woman tied up. He's one of the two guys. Interesting. How did I miss that? But I mean, he's been working. You know, he was in the the Crystal Skull Indiana Jones movie, Rush Hour 2. But certainly not in leading man roles like he was in this and uh, Ninja Turtles correct but he also has his own martial arts school that he still teaches to this day so i mean he's still active there and it's, and it's kind of interesting that you could go train at a martial arts school run by somebody who has a pretty decent history in hollywood and maybe that's what his focus is maybe that's what he really does and once in a blue moon he'll pick up an acting role for fun or or the cash yeah, that should be it you know and maybe he uses those roles to help fund upgrades to that place or, or what have you that's true um, could be you know but uh, yeah, well, I guess that's going to be it then for Surf Ninjas uh, here on the Screen Heroes podcast. Um, next week, we will be talking Demolition Man in honor of the announcement that a sequel is actually coming, uh, which I'm very excited about. Looking forward to that. Uh, don't forget to join our Facebook group, people. We're having a lot of fun with it. We've been doing an MCU tournament, battling it up. We're down to the, uh, we're down to the final four. Yes, yeah. down to the final four. So that's pretty big. So we're going to do more stuff after that. I know Ray's got some other other tournaments lined up. I don't know. Man, as I... long as uh, quarantine and no movies or concerts or parks are open, I'm going to come up with fun brackets for us to do. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, our, our group is facebook.com slash groups slash screen heroes. Uh, join us out there. We, we love talking movies and TV with you guys. You can also find us at Screen Heroes Pod on Twitter. Ray, where can people find you? I am at Siren Ray on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Ryan? At Buster Props on some of those. <laughs> and i am the star trek dude uh you can also find me starting next week back on the gamer heroes podcast it's been on hiatus for a few months and i decided to revive it so um i'll be hosting that and i'll be bringing guests on each week ray's lined up to come on ryan's lined up to come on so we'll be talking lots of different video game stuff uh they'll be Very actually recycling as many hosts from as many shows as he can get that's you know damn it. straight hey look if i already know that you do well on a podcast i'm gonna ask you to come on the show that's have fair. you gotten ian to be on battlefront with you yet i haven't talked to ian yet about mm. coming on the show i gotta there do you that. go yeah um all right well that's gonna be it for us this week as always you know if you want to support the show follow us on social media join our group or if you have a couple of bucks hit up patreon.com slash heroes podcast help support the show uh we have Basically, here's how it works. You donate a buck or more to our, our Patreon, and that gets you uh, access to ad-free versions of all of our shows, and they get released early as well. Uh, sometimes it's a couple hours, sometimes it's a couple days. Kind of just depends on when the uh, the show's recorded. So uh, come support the show out there if you can. Otherwise, we will be back next week. Thank you for joining us. We've been Screen Heroes on the Heroes Podcast Network. Kwan Su, dudes. 
Wansu dudes. <laughs>